Amen. I believe that's all the announcements that we have today. Are you guys good to, to start uh, on the message? Yeah. All right, let's start on the message today. You know, we, we started off in 2023, if you guys remember, and you were back there, you know, in January, if you could go all the way back, we, we started preaching on contending for the presence of God. You guys remember that? Contending for the presence of God. And this has been interwoven into our theme all through the year is because we want to be in God's presence. We, we, we tied it in with all kinds of other elements of, of we want to be in alignment with God. We want the Holy Spirit to be able to be active and a participant and flowing through our last. We want to be able to be able to press through adversity. How many want to press through adversity and disappointments? We, we ministered through all of those things, and then we, we ended up coming into the latter part of the year, right, where we're like, you know what? We need to forget the days of old and look forward to the coming of our Lord. We need to look forward to the hope that we have now in Christ Jesus and get out of the past and start living in the present and in the future. And so as we wrapping up the year, we started preaching last week on worship. And as we preached on worship, we really talked about a lifestyle of worship. It's not just one part of it. It's about everything that we say, everything that we do. Our lives are meant to be worship to God. And in that worship to God, it, it, it really should allow us to be able to honor God. It should be congruent in all the things that we do. We shouldn't be living in segmented parts of our lives where this part I worship God in, but this part I don't, or, or this part I do this, and this part. No, it's worship is the entirety of what we are, and it should, you know, it, you know pour out of us through the duration of everything that we do. So this week, we're gonna continue. And if you didn't watch that message next last week on worship, I just encourage you, uh, you know, that's probably one that you're gonna wanna watch. But this week, we're gonna overflow, and we're gonna talk a little bit on praise specifically today as we continue in that flow of worship. And, you know, I wanna, I wanna talk a little bit, you know, when I grew up, I grew up in a church, and many of you guys have grown up in different churches, and we grew up in wonderful churches, you know, where there was singing, and there was praise, and there was just an environment. You know, I remember where we were at, there was, there was always the talented musicians, uh, you know, who were leading us into, you know, worship of God. You know, it didn't matter what decade it was, the music, the style may have changed. You know, you may have had a whole lot more electric guitar at times. You may have had, you know, today when we came in, we put on some Hosanna integrity, and that was part of what we listened to when we were setting up today. So the music and the styles changed, but, but we always had this opportunity to be able to come in and to worship God. And it was just something that, you know, always just was there. And, and I remember, I love, I love to sing and I love music. How many love music? You know, I, I honestly, I don't think there's many of you out there who, who really, you know, understand how much I love music. You know, when oh, I was I younger, <laughs> I mean, my parents are here. You got, you got the Gilbos over here. They used to live across the street from me. You know, they, they, they would tell you when I turned on to the street, they could tell you what song was being played in the car. And they were like, I could feel it in my house because things were shaking and rattling because I liked my music and I liked it loud. Mm -hmm. I wanted to feel every beat of it. I remember once when I moved into the house I was in right now, we had a neighbor and they, they, when they moved in, they were like, oh, I'm so excited. We're like a young family and we're really loud and we're, you know, and, and it's good to see that, you know, we have a, a nice family next to us who's young, who's okay to be loud. And I'm like, well, no problem here. We like being loud. And, and one night 
We were watching a movie at my house. It was like two in the morning. Like two in the morning. It was late, you know. We were young, right? So we were up late, and we're watching a movie, and I got the stereo cranked up because I told you I, I like to feel the, the room, right? And, and the next morning, my neighbors, you know, they, they came by, and they're like, what were you doing last night? And we're like, we're watching a movie, and they're just like, my whole house was shaking. <laughs> my, my, my dishes were rattling in the cupboards, the, you know, the whole thing. And I was just like, we were just watching a movie. And, and as at that moment, I realized, I said, well, we know who's the louder of the neighbors right now. <laughs> but, but that's just kind of his. I, I just, I love, I love music. I love to sing. I love worship that way, he right? He does. He likes music loud. And actually, we're, I love music, too but we love music in different ways. He likes music that is like loud and like, you know, you can feel it. And I like like the atmospheric kind of worshipy, kind of flowy moments. <laughs> and so so usually it's kind of a fight for who's going to get the uh, speaker, the Bluetooth speaker, mm -hmm. get to it first in the house. It's generally me. Because if he gets to it first, <laughs> then we're listening to like a, a lot of intense what I would call intense music. But if I get to it, then I'm putting on like some worship music. Some of it doesn't have words. Some of it's just piano. Some of it's just guitar. Some of it's, you know, like I'm putting on something that's just like gonna put, make the atmosphere, set the atmosphere real nice for me. I like that. I feel that at the very core of who I am, right? And I, f I feel music in a way that it's like, you know, you know when you, you, you can feel the very, like, the feeling of the music. So if it's, like, happy and joyful and, you know, you're feeling, you know, happy and upbeat and joyful. Or if it's, like, intense, like this morning, I went out to the car and I went to go put stuff in the trunk. And Violet had already turned on the car and she was sitting in the car. And she is a little bit like him with her music. And she had it cranked up fairly loud. And I couldn't hear the words, but I could hear the tone of the music when I walked up. And I was like... What is this? Turn this off. And I try with everything inside of me to turn off anything that's going to set me into like an ang anxious kind of like feeling. So, you know, like there's different ways that we enjoy music, but music is there and we can feel that music. And an interesting thing for me, and I think this is really kind of relevant for me, is, is despite how much I had an affinity and, and I just loved music, you know, I'd come in and, and, and I love praise and worship as well, but I come into church all the time and, and I'd go through a worship service and, and people come out of the worship service and they'd be like, man, God's presence was so strong today. The anointing was there. I could just feel it in such a tangible way. And I'd look at them and I'm like, Really? I'm like, I didn't, I didn't feel, I didn't experience anything today, right? And, and, and I look at it and I'm like, either you're off or I'm off or, or something's going on. It's all messed up somewhere in the midst of this because I couldn't understand it. So eventually I, I kind of figured out, I was like, you know, the problem was probably either something with me or, you know, they were a little bit flaky or something, you know. But, 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 but I realized that no matter kind of, like, and this was kind of something that I, that I went through quite a bit, you know, you know in church, you know, I, I grew up and we had, we had one wonderful music, but, you know, and I, and I realized that no matter even how wonderful the music was, there was always people who also didn't like the music, right? Or we would come into church and it would be, you know, how many of us, you know, people would, would skip the entirety of the music and only come for the service or the message portion of something. And they would miss all the praise, they'd miss all the worship. And, and I even found myself at times, right, it'd be like, you know, I wasn't gonna come into church, you know, right as, as, as it started. I had to be, you know, a song into, you know, the message, right, or a song into the, to the worship set. And, and I just remember, I'm like, what, and, and I was asking myself, I'm like, what was going on with me during this period of time where I, I love to sing? 
I loved music. I loved all of these different parts of it, but I would find myself, you know, often in the same place that other people, you know, were in, right? And, and, and I just felt like, like something, something, was, something was missing, right, with, within me in this, in this environment and what was happening. And, and it was something that I, I really started to ponder upon you know, as time went on. And so, I, I, anyways, I'll, I'll let you go. I'll let you go. Yeah. yeah, and so today we're gonna talk about praise, and last week we talked about worship, but I think before we even get started on talking about praise today, I wanna recap just a little bit, um, just understanding worship, what we talked about last week. Um, like Pastor Brian said, if you missed it at all, go back, watch it. It's There's some good points in here, but um, he, we gave four points of genuine worshipers. First one was that they're doers of God's word. Right? Genuine worshipers, they, their actions reflect what God's word says to do. So they are doers, they're not just hearers, they don't just sit and hear things, they actually do the work of the Lord. Uh, number two is that they serve others, not themselves. There are so many times where you know, our, our own selfish ambitions can get in the way of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we need to set aside every selfish ambition and, uh, and just serve God and, and worship him and serve other people as well. Third one is that they are unspotted or they are separate from the world. You know, there's a distinction between God's people. There, there's, there's a clear-cut line. If you go out into a sea of the world, you should be able to tell who God's chosen people are and who are the ones who have given their lives and who fear God, who have given their lives over to him. The fourth thing is that they reverence God with awe and godly fear, and that's exactly the same type of thing, is that, you know, it comes from within, and they, they're not frivolous with the name of the Lord. They're not frivolous in their actions or just the way that they talk. They, they reverence and they honor who he is. You know, we talked about that even in terms of coming into church, you know. They honor his presence here in church, and so they make sure that they're not, you know, interrupting in the middle in the middle of the of the service or worship time or whatever. They're coming, and they're coming for the full part of what it is. And you know, this is really it comes down to a heart issue and what's on the inside. And our lives will just be able to flow out of what is inside of our hearts. And we need to know what's inside of our hearts. But the thing is that sometimes our hearts can deceive us right? Our hearts aren't always, you know, exactly what we think they are. We like to hope that they're always good, but that's where the Holy Spirit comes in, and we say, God, we need you to show us what's inside of our hearts so that we can worship you fully from the depths of our heart. Honor him, worship him with holy reverence and with fear. And, and I think that brings us to where we want to start today is even just some misunderstandings about worship, okay? And I want to go through just a couple of those first. We'll go through them a little bit quick. But, but the first one that I really want to bring out is, is that only singing songs is, is in my worship, right? So, so there's, there's a, a thought process for some individuals that, that their worship to God only basically starts when the songs start on a Sunday morning and when it ends at the end of, the, you know, the end of that worship set, right? That, that there is, that is their, what they would consider you know, my praise and my worship to God and is contained within that particular unit of time, okay? And so is that, an, uh, is that uh, worship to God? Absolutely, that is worship to God. But what we need to realize and understand is, is that worship or, you know, worship is an expression or praise, right, is what we're doing in that thing, is an expression of our gratitude and our thanksgiving to God. And it's our an expression of our worship in response to who God is. And that flowed out of, which we talked about last week, a lifestyle, right, of worship to God. And so we really need to really take a look at, you know, ourselves and start, uh, you know, asking those types of questions like, 
You know, when I'm, even if I'm in that worship environment, right, what, you know, what's going on on the inside of me as to, you know, whether or not I'm able to actually worship God in praise and worship, even from, from, from that, that expression, right? And that's kind of, I guess, the, the real question, right, is, is are we able to express ourselves in praise and worship to God in the midst of those things? But we need to know that our lifestyle is the entirety of what we do, and that song selection and singing and praise, right, is only an element of one expression of what we do. That's that. right. It, it fits in our life, but our life as a whole should be worshiping and praising God, um, and the music fits into that. So this brings us to our second misconception or misunderstanding of worship is that praise songs are always fast and worship songs are always slow. This is, and this is something that's interesting because, you know, especially, you know, leading the band for the last little bit, um, you, a lot of people suggest a lot of songs, right? And I'm very, very particular about words of the songs and what we're singing, how we're singing and things like that as opposed to really, you know, where the tempo is. We like to obviously incorporate faster songs as well because it helps liven us up, you know, encourages us to move a little bit and brings some life flowing into our bodies. How many can agree with me on this? We like some fast songs. But, but the reality of it is, is the words. And a lot of times people think, think that, um, you know, we have to have so many uh, fast songs, we have to have so many slow songs, and they've got to kind of intertwine in this, in this kind of formula. And unless I have this formula, then I can't enter into worship, I can't praise. And, and the reality, I remember, you know, years ago when um, it, it just really stood out to me one time. I, I actually think that Tony Miller was preaching this one day. And um, he was actually, I don't, I don't remember if he was talking specifically to me. I felt like I was having a personal conversation with him, but maybe he was preaching it from the front. That could be as well. I don't know. But, but what he was saying was that, you know, our, our praise and stuff like that, we have to be so particular about the doctrine that we're singing and, and what we're singing because there's life and death in the power of our tongue. And so I remember that just standing out to me, and I, I was young, I was probably, I don't know, 16, some, somewhere around there, a teenager, anyways, and just really like that hit home to me, and it just made me really think about the, the way I praise personally, because, you know, Sunday mornings, that's, that's really just a sliver of when I'm praising with song. I'm, you know, you can ask Pastor Brian, I've probably, you know, I've got worship and singing, um, you know, pretty well all day long every day because, because it's just, it's part of who I am, you know, and I let that flow from within me. But we don't need to get caught up in this formula of in order for me to enter into his presence, it must be this many fast songs and it must be this many slow songs and it must be fast songs first and then slow songs next. We can utilize that to help things, but that's not the entirety of things. Yes. And that brings us to number three, which is that worship is solely a personal experience, okay? That's another misconception that is only a solely a personal experience. See, worship starts within us, but it overflows towards others and to God, okay? And so worship is meant to be a part of the bigger body and the church body. I want to read a couple of scriptures on this. In 1 Corinthians 12, 27, it says, Know ye, or sorry, know, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Okay, so first of all, it says, I'm part of the body of Christ. I'm part of the body of Christ, but I'm also an individual member, okay? I'm also an individual. And then it says in Colossians 3.16, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to one another. So this is, this is talking about singing and praising 
with one another. This is specifically what that's referring to. And then in Hebrews 10, 25, it says, not forsaking the assembly together um, of, as the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. I think this is really what we want to be able to understand is that as Christians, we are individuals, okay? And our praise does grow from the inside and is a response to God and is an outward expression, but we are also part of the body of Christ. And as the body of Christ, we are meant to worship together. We're meant to come and worship God in a corporate setting with one another. We're not meant to do this in isolation. We're not meant to do this in our own little silos, which we can do. That is part of the life of a believer is if I'm at home and I'm by myself, I can worship God, okay? But that's not where it ends. It, it, it doesn't end with only my individual worship. It's there where it says, edify, exhort one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And these are the things that we come together corporately and we sing to God as a bigger body than just our individual body. You guys understand what I'm saying to you today? So this is so important for us to understand. It's not just about me individually in my worship, but it's how we worship together as the body of Christ in a corporate setting too. And this brings us actually to number four. The mis fourth misconception is that worship is about me. It's what I feel during the moment. It's, you know, what can God do for me? What is he doing in me in this moment? And, and sometimes we can get caught up in this whole process of, you know, it's got to be the right formula. Um, you know, I've got to have the right things, you know, and, and I can get caught up in this too, you know, even being up on stage and I'm like, you know, it's a lot to just try to open up my voice and just, you know, open up my mouth and just sing. But then I'm, I, you know, then I, I, I think about it and I think, okay, wait, God, God wants to hear me. God wants to hear me. And do you know, the thing is, is that each and every one of you were born with the ability to be able to praise, to be able to sing. Right? Do you know that your actual bodies are designed like a musical instrument? And if your entire body was operating exactly the way that it was designed and created to operate, and you listen to it with, um, like, under, I want to say microscope, it's not a microscope, whatever, stethoscope, I don't know. If you listen to it very carefully, you would hear a sweet symphony of all the rhythms of your body, the blood flowing, everything just going throughout your entire body. And that is the way that God designed us. But the enemy is here to steal that praise away from you. He's here to steal that worship away from you. And so what he does is he tries to get you to believe that, you know what, you don't sound very good. You know what, nobody wants to hear you. You know what, you, you know, and he starts to say all of these things. And he doesn't wait until you're older to start saying these things. You know what happens? He plants those seeds when you're young. And it's just a passing comment from somebody who says, oh, you didn't sing that right, or something, something along those lines. And then we begin to formulate this thought that, you know what, I just, singing is not my capability, just, you know, that's not my thing. But do you know what? It's every single one of your things. You can all sing. And actually, over the last little bit while I've been, you know, learning how to sing properly, right, because you can learn how to sing properly, but as I've been learning how to sing properly, I've been watching some of these like conferences and, and things like that, and these um, experts in the field are saying that, you know, this one, this one lady, she works with like thousands and thousands of famous musicians and artists and actors and actresses, and she said, out of all the thousands of people that she's ever worked with, she said, some people sing better than others, some are naturally more talented, but she said she can count on one hand 
how many people cannot sing. Do you know, like, that's an interesting thing there. And it's because God has placed it on the inside of each and every one of us. And it's not about us. And we tend to bring that into worship of, it's about me. And you know what? If I sing, then, you know, people might hear me. And then, but wait, that's not what worship is about. That's not what praise is about. Praise is about, you know what? I've got a song to sing because God's put a song inside of my heart. I have something to say. I have something to, to shout about. I have something to sing about. I have something to dance about because of what God has done for me on the inside of me. And it's not because of me. In my own goodness, I, I couldn't have done anything. My righteousness is like filthy rags. But for the blood of Jesus, he washed me white as snow. And he made me who I am. And that's a reason to worship. That's a reason to praise. Yeah, and I think this goes back to us really just under, you know, having a better understanding of what's going on, right? So when I go back, I, you know, I was asking myself, I told you, what was missing for me, you know, in my praise, in my worship when I was, you know, walking through these different things. And what I come to really realize was that a lot of what was going on was that I was really in, uh, influenced a lot by my environment. Okay, that, I mean, so that was, that was, you know, all of these different things were coming together, and my focus, right, as, Sherry, as Pastor Sherry has said, was is that, you know, it was, it, was, it was more about me than really what I was expressing in my thanks and my gratitude and my praise, really, to God, because this had to line up, right, and that had to line up, and, and the environment, you know what, the environment was beneficial, Okay, I, I mean, I can really take a look at that. You know, even in God's word, it says, you know, it says place skillfully before the Lord. You know, it should, you know, that, you know, to be able to practice those things and work on those things so that it makes them a beautiful, you know, no, uh, sound up into, uh, unto God and in his ears. But you know what? We need to not be, as you said, Pastor Sherry said, don't be ignorant, right? Is my, my praise and my expression, even though how many of you can't, you know, don't sing, you know, in all the perfect keys and all the perfect tones. I'm one of those people, but you know what? I, I would be ignorant to think that I'm not going to express myself in praise to God because I don't be able to, I'm not able to sing in, in all the right ways that I need to to sing okay God says you know make that joyful noise unto him and so I really believe that this is something that we should strive for obviously to be skilled in what we do and to be able to refine those things but yet nonetheless God still says praise him he says lift up your voice and do so so I remember I said you know when it comes even down to that environment I would be like if I was in a stadium full of people and they had you know some great music on and great worship you know what I was engaged. You know, the music was pumping, and I was there, and I was, I was feeling it, and I was worshiping God, and I was there. And, and you know, but then you drag me out, you know, the, the following night, you know, to a bonfire, and, and, and people are singing, are sitting down at the, uh, the bonfire with an acoustic guitar and singing Kumbaya, my Lord. And I was, like, sitting there in utter silence saying, I am not participating in this moment. And, you know, maybe some of you, it's the opposite, right? You know, where I'm at the bonfire and you're all engaged. And you know what? They were skilled at that acoustic guitar. Those people knew how to play the acoustic guitar. They knew how to sing. They had beautiful voices. But I was not engaged in that process. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? Right? And then, you know, I really want to, you know, take a, you know, look at this. And, 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 and I asked, I told you over and over and over, why? 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 Was this, is this the life and the way that I was kind of living? And I really think it comes back to ultimately, it comes down to this. 
And last week, if you weren't here, we talked about worship, and we talked about the origins of the word come from that word, word shipe, right? That was, a, it came from the word, word shipe, and, and it talked about deserving honor, esteem, and it literally meant worth shape, to give shape to what is worthy. Okay, you guys got that? That's what word shape, it was to give shape to what is worthy. So listen, our worship to God is an expression to him that gives shape to his worthiness. Say that again. Our worship to God is an expression, okay, of our, you know, which gives shape to that worthiness of God in our praise. That's what's going on. But it also gives shape to our environment. It also gives shape to all the different things that are going around, around the presence of us. And see, what we often do is we allow the environment to be the source of what's shaping us instead of realizing that it's our worship to God that shapes the environment. You guys catch that? It's not the environment that's meant to shape our praise and our worship to God. What is meant is on the inside of us, our worship to God is meant to shape that worthiness of who God is. That's what it does, it's that praise, and it should extend in and from us outward, right, through others. And I said, and if you don't have already the inward part of the lifestyle of that gratitude to God for who he is, because worship is our response to God and who he is, how are we going to be able to express that adequately in our worship to him? That's good. That shapes the worthiness of who God is, and that is what worship. And so the question is, how shall we sing? There's this um, account in the Old Testament, you know, where the Jews are overthrown by Nebuchadnezzar, who was a king of the Babylons, and, you know, they were basically taken prisoner, and uh, they were taken away from their homeland, they brought to a foreign country, and uh, really they were exiles, and they were in grief. You know, how many have ever been taken from your home? Not many people here, because we live in the Western world, <laughs> and most people aren't driven from their home, but... Sometimes we do experience being driven from our home. But here, they were driven from their home. They were taken captive, actually. In Psalms 137, verses 1 to 4, it says, By the rivers of Babylon, there, were, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. They were remembering, you know, their home. It says in verse 2, We hung our harps upon the willows in the midst of it. For there those who carried us away captive asked of us a song. And those who plundered, of us, plundered us requested mirth, saying, Sing us one of those songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? Like here, you know, you're, you're, think about this. They're, they're taken from their land into captivity. They're driven from what they know, their comfort of how they do things. And then if that's not bad enough, they're basically mocked and said, you know, go ahead, sing your song. We want to see. Worship your God. Show us. And their answer here is in, I think it's verse 4, where it says, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? And you know, the word sing is actually just simply the word sing. It's putting like a melody to the words that come out of your lips. Do you know, actually, there's, so when it talks about lips in the Bible, it actually refers to that being a boundary. And so when you allow the words to come out of your mouth, when you allow the song to come out of your mouth, you are allowing that boundary to open up and for your praise to come forth. You're not restricting that there. And so here they're saying, like, how are we going to sing in this foreign land? And I feel like, how, how would we feel? You know, we're in a foreign land. How many know we're, the Bible says we're not of this world? We're, we're, we belong to heaven. How many here are citizens of heaven? 
I hope to see everybody's hand <laughs> because, you know, that's, that's what we're here for is to, to worship God. But we need to sing. We need to worship. We need to let it come from the depths of our heart. But sometimes we find it hard in the land that we're in to worship. I remember, um, you know, like when we were teenagers and first got our license and the cool thing to do was to, you know, drive in the middle of winter down the street with our windows all the way down with the music blaring. And just like, it was mostly him that had like suggested that we do this. But I was like, that's kind of cool, I like it. Except I don't really, I, don't, I didn't listen to non-Christian music at that point. So here I am in my, in my little neon, just with my windows down, driving down Tecumseh Road, and I've got worship music just blaring at the top. Hosanna, <laughs> Hosanna. But, and then I remember somebody said to me, I, I don't remember where I pulled, I pulled in somewhere, and then somebody's like, was that worship music that you were playing? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, like you played it, you play it loud like that? Like, yeah, why not? I'm like, that's kind of embarrassing, isn't it? And I remember thinking like, oh, oh, is it embarrassing? I don't know. I wasn't embarrassed by it at that moment because that's all I knew. But how many people are embarrassed by the sound of a worship song? How many people are embarrassed to say that they're listening to Christian music or godly music or, or music that actually worships God or glorifies him? And sometimes we think that we've got to put on these, these songs that are, you know, they've got the beat, they've got all the things because it's acceptable in this foreign land that we live in. But we have to remember that we're not of this world. And so here we've got to have a reason to sing. We've got to find that from the depths of inside of us and say, you know what? It doesn't matter who's around me. It doesn't matter where I am. It doesn't matter that I'm driving down Tecumseh Road. If I'm going to worship, I'm going to worship. And now I'm in this moment where I'm like, you know what? If somebody sees me lifting my hands in my car, maybe they'll just start joining in. Maybe there's other people who are Christian that are, are thinking, I would love to just be able to freely express my worship before God. But they're hindered because they feel like they live in a foreign land and how do we even sing in a foreign land god has called us to sing even though there might be chains on our feet even though we might be in the prison in the darkness we still have that song on the inside of us we still let that come from the depths of our hearts we're not going to let things things move us that that shouldn't move us and what are we going to do when there's no music that's at the sound of our vo at, at our at our ears. What are we going to do if the sound cuts out on a Sunday morning and we don't have the guitar, we don't have the piano, we don't have the the microphones for the singers to sing? What's going to happen? Is the sound going to come from the depths of who you are? Is the sound going to come out of you and be able to f go past the boundary in your lips and pour forth because that praise is within you? Or are you going to stop because well, there's no piano to lead me. There's nobody to lead me in that. Who is leading you into worship? Who is leading you into praise? Who is leading you into God's presence? We've got to be able to do it more than just a Sunday morning. We've got to be able to worship him. We've got to be able to praise him on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every day, all the days, eight days a week. Let's do it. <laughs> do you want to preach now? <laughs> I'm not even on, the, I know, I didn't even, it's not the notes, so you can find where you want we're to start all good, from. We're all good. It's all good. <laughs> Praise him. Praise him. <laughs> you know, it all wraps up in what she was trying to say is, is that the children of Israel in that day, they, they could not find the strength to be able to worship God. They said, I'm in a strange land. I don't know how to do it. How can I praise him? And that's where they were. And I want to read out of in Hebrews 13, 15 to 16, it says, 
Therefore, by him, let us continually offer up the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. See, there's something that I want to bring out here in this. It says there's something different that the, Hebrew bring, the Hebrews bring out. It says, offer the sacrifice of praise. Hebrews bringing out, offer the sacrifice of praise. You know what? Sacrifice means it costs you something. That's right. Say, it cost me something. It it's something. a sacrifice, sacrifice, right? Sacrifices aren't always just easy. It requires something of you, but, it's, but, but there's, there's power in it. And it says the fruit of our lips giving praise, and we give thanks. And you know, it's like, um, the, the children of Israel are like, we're dying here. We've lost our land. Everything's rotten around us. We're captives. We're walking around in slavery at this particular point. And you want me to do what? Mm -hmm. You want me to make the sacrifice of praise. See, Webster's Dictionary says, praise means to glorify a God, especially in at, uh, a, a, to basically attribute to God the perfections and expressions of approval of him or worship God. That's really what praise is referring to. In the New Testament, there's this word, uh, and I'm really struggling with the words today. Is Ananesis. How's it say? Ananesis. Ananesis. There we go. Say that. Ananesis. There we go. That's a little better. And it talks about, it speaks of praise or thanksgiving. And then you go back to Psalms 34, 1, where it says, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. You know what that word praise comes from? It comes from the root word, here it is, tahila, okay? And it speaks of praise, song, of him, and adoration, or thanksgiving to God. And I think this is really, really what I want you guys to get the understanding of. There's a difference between singing and praising. Okay, I can sing all day long and I can sing with strength and I can sing with emotions, but if I'm not joining that in with my adoration and my prayer and my thanksgiving to God, then I'm absent from actually praising and worshiping the Lord. And so every place you even see in the Word of God, it talks about sing. It doesn't say just sing. It says sing unto the Lord. It says sing, right? And it adds unto the Lord all these different attributes. And really, this is what I want us to really realize is, is that, you know, there's always a Nebuchadnezzar in your life. There's always somebody who's around who's, 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 who's looking to put you into bondage or someone who's looking to criticize you or there's something that's going wrong in your life that something's just messed up. But the question is, is where are you going to be when it comes to the sacrifice of praise in your life? Are you gonna be able to sit there and you're gonna put the wall up and say, I don't feel like praising God today and I'm gonna sit there and just live out underneath the willow trees and not, and not offer my thanksgiving and praise to God. We say this all the time. We talk about God is good all the time. God is good. But is this really a Christianese that we just really speak forth as a phrase and we know it in our minds, but our hearts don't really respond to it because worship comes from a response to who God is. Have we forgotten who God is? Have we forgotten what he did for us at Calvary? All of that should be built up on the inside of us. It should overflow from a life that we live into an expression to our Savior. That's right. And I want to take you guys to the New Testament here. This is a story. You guys probably know it well. It's Paul and Silas, and they're out. They're preaching the gospel. They're doing miracles. Like, they're, they're doing the work of the Lord, and they're out. And there's this girl 
that just is, is following them. And she's actually kind of going before them. She's announcing them. She's announcing what they're doing. She's declaring what, what's happening and the miracles that are going on. And you know what? I, I love it because it says that Paul got annoyed, basically, by this. And, and it, I kind of relate to this because, you know, we're all human. And there are times where we just feel annoyed by things. But do you know that sometimes there is a divine reason why we're annoyed? And see, here's the thing is that this girl, to the natural eye, it almost looked like she was doing a good thing. She's declaring the work of the Lord. She's declaring the miracles and all of these things. That would, that would be a good thing. The Bible tells us to declare the works of the Lord. Am I right? But what was happening was that Paul recognized that there was a spirit that was inside of her and needed to be cast out. So while she's doing this and he's just getting growing annoyed, he turns around and he casts the devil out of her. Right? Do you know what happened in this moment? Well, there was this massive uproar because all of a sudden this woman, this girl who is possessed by the devil, she was making money for the people around there because of it. And so um, now all of a sudden they've lost their income because now she's free, which is interesting that people might try to capitalize on your bondage. So you need to be aware of that. I feel like that's a word from the Lord today. You need to be aware of the bondage that people are trying to keep you in because they're trying to capitalize on what you offer them being bound up. You need to walk free today in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so in the story, so what happens is they get, Paul and Silas get thrown in prison. They're in prison because now what they've done, they've kind of caused an uproar. And so they're in the dungeon, okay? How many have ever felt like they've been in the dungeon before? Like you've been in the dark places of life before. And while they're there in the dungeon, do you know what happens? Is they begin to praise. They begin to have this sacrifice of praise. It probably wasn't easy being bound up, their feet bound up and their hands bound up. It probably wasn't just the first thought in their mind, but maybe it was because they worshiped God and it was part of who they were at their core. And so in this moment, they're like, you know what? These jail cells, these walls, this dungeon is not going to stop me from praising God. So they begin to praise. They begin to let it rise up from the inside of them. And then what happens? It says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Here we go. We're feeling it now, people. The, 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 the prisons were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's chains, and they were loosed. Pastor Sherry made mention, this was at midnight. It was the darkest of dark. There wasn't any light going on inside that prison at that moment of time. And here's the thing that I want to bring out that I thought was really relevant about it too, is, is that it said that everyone was listening. Don't be fooled. People are watching you and your response to things of what's going on. Here's the thing. They all knew that the woman that they cast the devil out of there and the reason that, that they, they, people were upset because it records it in God's word. They were upset with what went on because they were profiting off of the lady and yet now their profit was going to be disappeared. But then they went and they basically made a whole other group of accusations against Paul and Silas when they brought them to the magistrates. They didn't come in and say, hey, this lady, you know, they cast out the devil and now I don't make any more money. No, they brought in all these other different accusations. They weren't even accused right. And yet here they are in jail at midnight. Everyone's sitting here watching them. And you know what they do? They offer up praise. 
they offered up sacrifice. There's power in our praise. Yes. And that's exactly what Paul and Silas did in that moment. And it says the foundations of the earth were shaking that day, and the whole prison shook, and their bondages all fell off of every person who was there. This is a part. When there was no glimmer of hope, when you're in the dark, dark, you're not seeing the light of day, what do you do? Do you make the sacrifice of praise? Or do you allow the environment that you are in to be able to dictate it to you? Are you shaping the environment with your praise or are you letting the environment shape your praise? It's good. Okay. I feel like I, I kind of want to bypass the rest of our message at the moment. Okay. Just because we're running low on time and I'm really feeling that there is something that God is saying. And I believe that he's wanting to break people free from just the bondage of not being able to let loose and just get into God's presence and to allow the praise to come forth from the inside of your hearts. And there's a scripture that it, it's, just been, it's just been sitting with me and I just, I pulled it up while we were here and I just reading through it and I just like, it's, it, there's something to it, and it's for somebody. Maybe it's for all of you today. I don't know. But it is 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In verse 55, it says, actually, no, I want to start in, in the sentence before. It says, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? I want to stop here for a minute because we have the power of God on the inside of us. We have the authority that God has given what he accomplished on the cross. And we have the ability to say, you know what, where is your sting? And you know, when it's talking about death, it, it goes on, it says, the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us the victory to be able to walk away from sin, to be able to turn our lives around, to not be um, in bondage to sin anymore. And when we're in bondage to sin, we no longer want to have that praise come forth. We have a hard time entering in. We have a hard time allowing that boundary to open up and allowing the praise to pour forth out of our lips. And I and um, it goes on. This is the verse, verse 58. It says, therefore, my beloved brethren, that's you guys, my beloved brethren in Christ, brothers and sisters, this is you, my beloved friends, be steadfast. Be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What God has called you to do here in this time, you're going to face opposition. You're going to face things that you don't want to walk through. You're going to find yourself sometimes being thrown into the prison and in the dungeons for things that you didn't actually do. You're going to, be, you're going to find that people are against you when you are stepping out and you're preaching the word of God from your life. You're going to find that you are walking through the, the mud. You're walking through those things. But do you know what it says? Be steadfast be immovable, always abound in the work of the Lord. We need to continue on in what God has called us to do, allow that praise to come forth from our lips and be able to accomplish what he's done because you know what the enemy is trying to do? You know what his sole purpose is against you? To steal, to kill, and destroy. And you know what he does? He steals what's inside of you he steals your joy, he steals your hope, he steals your peace, he kills you through sickness, through disease, through um, just through offense, 
through things like that. And then he destroys you by sending people across your path to be able to speak into the lies that have been built up over years, over years, over years, where you begin to believe that you're worthless, where you begin to believe that it's there's nothing inside of you and there's nothing that you could do that would be able to be of value or of worth. And once he's got you in that place, he moves on to the next because once you're stuck in those chains, he knows you're not going anywhere but God. But God came to set the captives free. He came to give you life. He came, and the Bible says that who the Son sets free is free indeed. And so when Jesus Christ came here giving up his right as, as a deity, as God, and he came here as man to be able to take back what the devil stole from us, we don't take that frivolously. So as we walk into this Christmas season, we're going to walk into this Christmas season knowing that he came here for a purpose, that we are a part of that purpose, and that the bondage of sin can no longer hold us captive because we are living our life completely free before God, and we are giving everything inside of our heart over to God. Amen? Let's stand to our feet right now. I want to wrap up with, with prayer today, but I want to just bring out one, one of the things that, you know, there's a lot of elements, we didn't get into them today, about even just how praise um, has all kinds of benefits to us, even physically, emotionally, uh, spiritually. And, and one of the things that I, that I think is really important is, is that when we praise, it actually enhances, even physically through our body, it enhances our trust and our bond with God. And I believe that is so important because when you're going through the pain and the adversity of life and we make the sacrifice of praise, what it is doing, it is bonding us and it is enhancing our trust and our faith in our Savior in the midst of those circumstances. And that's why there's so many breakthroughs that take place when the power of God is released in our praise. Amen? So Amen. let's pray. Yeah, if, if this is you, if you feel that you have been held captive by the bondage of even people's words that have um, stopped you from being able to even step out and offer your praise fully from the depths of your heart, I just want you to just pray this with me right now. Just extend your I'm, hands. Yeah, just extend your hands right now. I'm going to pray, and you just receive it, and you believe it right now. Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, at the sound of my voice that every person is walking free right now. We break the power of words that have held people captive in Jesus' name, and I thank you, Father, that those that the, the power of that death is broken because you came to set the captive free. And so right now, Father, I thank you. I see just um, chains breaking off of people's minds, just even lies that have been built up for years and years and years of worthlessness and, and, and just not being good enough, broken right now in Jesus' name. I see worth returning to your life right now in Jesus' name. I just want you to lift your hands right now and just receive the worth, receive the value that God has already placed on the inside of you and put inside of you right now in Jesus name father I thank you that as everyone leaves this place today I thank you father that the from the depths of their heart that they would feel and know the true value and the true worth of who they are in you because of what you've done and I thank you father that out of that would come that sacrifice of praise and that that praise would just begin to pour forth father and it would just begin to flow forth and even it, like like a river just pouring forth out of a dam that it would just 
just uh, just burst forth in Jesus' name. And I see that water just continually going, Father, never running dry, never running dry right now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for your grace today. I thank you for your unity. I thank you that you are with us. And I thank you, Lord, that as every person walks through these doors and goes out into the world, I thank you, Father, that you are with them, that they are carrying you with them in every step of the way, in every conversation that they have. And I thank you for what you've done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. Amen. If any of you need any prayer, we'll have our teams up here at the front. Otherwise, you guys are dismissed. Have a wonderful week, and we will see you on Christmas Eve. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the After Nine Show. Uh, my name is Sarah Quinlan, and this is uh, my bud, Vincent Shimatero. Hello. Say hello, Vincent. How's it going? That's what you say. Hello, <laughs> Vincent. <laughs> yeah. All right, we are here. It is um, December 17th, 2023, and we just heard the message called I've Got a Reason by Pastors Brian and Sherry Shimatero. So this is week two of our um, discussion kinda. on worship. Yeah. yeah. So, Vincent. Okay, I'm gonna say what you just said to me because it was really funny. Okay. He's like, wait, wait, what was like the overall, what was the overall theme I just blanked? <laughs> so he knows, but he was just being silly. So um, we're talking about worship today. So usually Vincent, what we do is we like to talk about what few things just like stood out to us. So um, I really liked at the beginning, they talked about the misunderstandings of worship. How they said like, uh, worship songs are fast. Wait, praise songs are fast, worship songs are slow, and that worship is a personal experience and that, you know, that I need to be in a good place to worship. And stuff like that is really, I find it's really good. Like Pastor Brian said to me this week as he was writing his notes, he said, I feel like this is a really personal message for, for me. And like we, we work, well, I work in his house and you live in his house, yeah. but music is a very big part of his life. But when it comes to the worship element, I think this has been um, just a journey of his life is, um, learning what true worship is. And uh, I feel like he's kind of mastered that. What was something that stood out to you, Vincent, that you maybe remembered or thought um, about or anything? The thing that kind of stood out to me was like basically um, doing worship solely. It's like kind of like a group thing, you know? We yes. have to like, he, God wants us to like be in a group and worship together as, as one body, you know? Yep. Um, but it's also like, we're not just singing the words, we have to like mean the words, you know? So yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's living it out. I think that's really cool how they were talking about that, how it's, <laughs> Rorick is doing a stand up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's not just about um, singing and Sunday mornings and doing all this stuff, but it's about actually living it out. Yes. Any other thoughts, Vincent? I don't know. Yeah, you no. just have to like live out and agree agree with what you're saying. Like right. you got to know what you're saying. You can't just say the words. It's like That's right. You can't you can't teach someone about something you don't understand mm -hmm. because if you don't understand or it's like that the Bible it's like um yeah. don't fix the log and or yeah, don't the speck in someone else's when eye. When you have a log in your own. You have a log in your own. Yeah. No, that's really good. It's a good really really good way of looking at it too. You know, I um, I've always kind of found it a little more difficult to turn worship music on in my own ho home and just sit and worship. Um, but I think 
like there was this quote that I heard one time. Oh, I'm going to butcher it. But it talks about, um, I think it was from C.S. Lewis when he was doing the screw tape letters and how he was saying like the thing that the, the thing that the enemy wants to do the most is to get you away and the easiest thing to doing that is to um, have them stop reading the word, have them stop spending time with God. And I think worship is such an intimate part of our relationship with God, even on Sunday mornings. Like it's so nice to worship with the church, but when it's just like us and him, it's like two hearts coming together. We're literally singing praises. And they say that in heaven, that the angels are constantly worship, singing praise and saying, yeah. holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, right? And so I think it's just such an important place to put our heart in that moment with God and just worship Him in thanksgiving, worship Him in praise, right? Yeah, it's like, it's become too comfortable of a practice to not, to just go to church and like, that's it. Like, yeah. we've, it's become like embarrassing to like, you know, yeah. do, uh, be with God. But like, you know, He's literally the God, the God who created us. Like, we're, he's, we're His creation and He's the creator. Like, It'd be amazing to yeah. praise and worship him and like absolutely yeah and even pastor sherry made a statement about um singers and how she's been studying like the art of singing and there was this one instructor that said that she can count on her hand the number of times she's encountered someone that can't actually physically can't sing and i really like that because i always make this joke like um I can't make a joyful noise, but I can make a loud noise. Like, I'll, I'll sing, but I don't know what it'll sound like, right? Yeah. But, but God has put it into our hearts. You know, he's a creative God, and there's all these things in us that are creative, but as, like, our beings, like, deep down, like, we were created to be worshiping, right? Yeah. And I love that. And it's exciting to think that one day that we're just going to be constantly, 24-7, just worshiping and revering, revering God. Yeah, like the angels were like also created to like worship like yeah. God. Like um, even Satan before um, yeah. he tried to take over the throne, he was like an instrumental body, and he like had uh, praised the Lord with all his uh, music yep. and sounds, and it was awesome. Yeah, and that's the thing is um, when it comes to like living our lives out in worship, I think it's so much more. And we're just learning all that stuff as we as we go. And I'm just really grateful that we had this this lesson right before Christmas, because with our attitudes, with our character, with our integrity, like are we worshiping God? Are we putting Him first? You know. And even like I was talking in the pre-show, sometimes it's like you look at all these things that are frustrating and annoying, and it's easier just to be bogged down by that instead of changing our focus, right? Yeah. To say, okay, this is a time where I'm supposed to be hopeful, supposed to be excited, supposed to be encouraged because this was the season. Like, I know it's not like date wise, it's not like actually correct, but yeah. this was the season that represents the birth of Jesus Christ, which is the most important thing for our, salva our salvation. Because if we didn't have Jesus, then where would, where would we be? Where yeah. would we be? <laughs> we, Do you have anything uh, else in closing? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, we have to kind of make sacrifices um, at school. We do like our chapels, and uh, past, uh, Pastor Stephen came over and did it. Yep. And he was just talking about you have to kind of sacrifice some things um, to give to the Lord because he sacrificed his one and only son yep. for us, and like we have to give back our 10%, you know, our tithe. And yeah, it's like. Yeah. That's good then. And I, I have a funny story too. We were we were doing karaoke at Youth on Friday 
and we didn't have like a lot of time left, but we did a, um, I was like, okay, we've got 10 minutes. If anyone wants to do a song, we'll just do a song. And so a long time ago, we did karaoke when Vincent was probably like six. I don't know. Yes. He was really was young. And he wanted to sing Let It Go by Frozen. Or was it your mom that encouraged you to sing it? Was it was my mom who encouraged me, but I, I was the one who chose it. But he was ready. And he did it, and he gave his whole heart to that song. And I remember um, Violet and I, like, Violet would, would have been about eight, and we, like, looked at each other, and we just kind of chuckled because we're like, he is so into this. And so then this Friday that just passed, we were doing karaoke, and I had said to Pastor Sherry before, like, I really hope Vincent sings Let It Go. I love when he does that. And so she's like, well, only, like, don't, don't, don't force him. I said, no, no, I won't. So then he came up to me, and he goes, Sarah, can I sing Let It Go? I said, absolutely, oh, yeah. you can. I got to keep the tradition going. Absolutely. You know? But the thing that's cool about Vincent is that if, if Vincent didn't do karaoke, I don't, any of the, well, Noah and Alec did, but... None of the other boys probably would have done it, but he got up there and he sang Let It Go, and all of the boys went and sang with him, and like Rourke was belting it out, and um, but it was just such an exciting, like it's such a silly song, but it was just so refreshing to see all of these kids singing and having fun together, you know? Yeah. And you guys did great. I think you did great. Yeah, it doesn't have to be something forced upon us. You know? No. So we like we chose to it's do just that. Just fun. Yeah, it exactly. Fun. But it's encouraging, and it, and it there's. They didn't get to all their notes, but there was a point about things that worship does for you. And one said, like, it boosts your confidence levels. And yeah. it, it sparks joy for others. And, um, or no, makes unity for others. And I saw that, that on Friday. Was that, you guys were, you weren't worshiping together. You were just singing, but you were enjoying each other's company. And it was. Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it anyway. Well, Larry, what say you? Shall I rap? All right, guys. Well, this is our, so we're not, no, we're at the lighthouse tomorrow, but this will be our last lighthouse of 2023. So make sure you tune in. So that's tomorrow night, 6.30 to 7.30 on YouTube, Rumble, Facebook, whatever you decide. Um, and then we will be seeing you after tomorrow um, on Christmas Eve. We're having two services on Christmas Eve. We're having a 10 a.m. service because it's a Sunday, so we're just going to be running business as usual. And then we're going to be having service at 2 p.m. I don't believe we're going to be live streaming the Christmas Eve service. Am I right, Larry? Do you, I'm not sure about that. Anyway, maybe. <laughs> we'll let you know. But we will be doing that. So that will be just a short service. So it'll be from 2, and everything will be wrapped up, and you'll be out the door by 3.30. So we'll be having hot chocolate and story time with the kids in the foyer if you want to come a few minutes early. Um, but there'll be drama and music, and it'll just be a really good time with the family. So Christmas Eve service, we're having a 10 a.m. service and a 2 p.m. service. And that's all I have for you today. So make sure for Inspiration 9 Church that you light the passion within you. My name is Sarah Quinlan, and this is Vincent Shimatero. And we wish you the best Sunday of your life.